News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR on News Talk. Ireland's review of the handling of the COVID-19 pandemic is said to have a no-blame approach and will not be the UK-style inquiry. Opposition politicians have been told and Padder to be an A2 leader joins us now. Um, Padder, your response to what, what you've heard about what the COVID uh, inquiry is going to look like? Yeah, I think that the government's plans are strategically weak and the idea of a mere evaluation of, of uh, the process of the government is not good enough. I, th- I do think that the COVID crisis and the policies that were implemented were unparalleled um, in, in Ireland for generations. And I think the enormity of what happened, especially in the nursing homes, demands a proper serious investigation. And, you know, the government planned that this would not be a statutory investigation. And that's the key problem here, because that means there'd be no power to compel people uh, or papers. And that would be a disaster. And uh, it would significantly blunt the ability of the government to carry out this investigation. And some people would be able to ignore it and say, no, I'm not going to turn up uh, at this event. Now, also, the government used to say that they're, like, it's going to be a no-blame approach. So what they really mean by that is that there's going to be no accountability. Um, and I think what we need to do is just investigate what happened, find out the truth, and where accountability is merited, it needs to be apportioned. And, um, so you would like to see some people held to account, for example, for, for what? What, what? What would you like to see well, people held to account for? For example, so um, in the first year of COVID, uh, the NTPF sent a letter to all the nursing homes asking them to accept hundreds of people from uh, older people who were in hospitals. So 10,000 people were moved from hospitals into nursing homes in the early days uh, of COVID. Many of these people were contested. Many of this had the effect of seeding COVID in many nursing homes, which obviously led to uh, significant deaths in those areas. I think that was a disastrous decision. And, and uh, I think and then, I think that's a, a, a to be fair to you. I think that's a very fair point, Padder. That that is exactly what happened. But that was in the very early stages of the pandemic, when when we were sort of in crisis mode, and when people perhaps didn't realise the extent of COVID cases here. They didn't realise how many people with COVID were already in the hospitals and that they were transferring people with COVID to the nursing homes. It, it was, it, I, I think it was fair to say that that was in the, the first sort of uh, crisis first moments. Six months. Yeah. First, six, <clears throat> first six months. Listen, I, I, none of this was easy. And, and you know, the government were, were going to make mistakes and that's, that's understandable. And I, I, I think that an investigation can investigate this and still understands that some of these decisions were at, you know, the coalface at the very start of the pandemic. But there were other decisions, for example, that, you know, the government were told not to do and they still proceeded. So, for example, cancer services were significantly uh, reduced. um, And, you know, I'm getting parliamentary questions back to say that cancer uh, diagnosis uh, reduced by 10% uh, right through the whole area of cancer uh, in uh, uh, 2021-2022. And, you know, we see mental health services reduced. Uh, we see, that, you know, uh, schools closed in Ireland for far longer than any other country. We see Ireland, the only country in Europe to close the building of homes in Ireland with the worst housing crisis uh, in Europe. We see Neffet with Did extraordinary Did we overreact, Padder? Is that what you're saying? Oh, I've no doubt that Ireland was an outlier in terms of um, COVID restrictions and the severity of those COVID restrictions. Um, And And what they would say, what those who who were in favour of such restrictions would say was that we we have had, I think we're in the the lowest four in terms of deaths per capita as a consequence. 
Yeah, but, uh, I would welcome the fact that we have we had a lower uh, number of excess deaths. But this is the thing. The OECD say that we had no excess deaths, actually, during that period of time. And that then relates back to the science. Like, we were getting far different information uh, in real time at the time, which was influencing our, our policy development. Um, and, you know, all of these... So are you have, saying the fact that we were told that, that in excess of 7,000 people died of COVID around that time, and the fact that we had no excess deaths, that those two things are contrary? Is that what you're saying? All of these need to be investigated. And, and what I'm saying is that the decisions around cancer services, mental health services, schools, etc., had serious outcomes. So we know that there, you know, um, um, cancer diagnosis uh, stopped for many people, treatment stopped for many people, um, and as a result, we've had people who have, who have died because of that lack of treatment. We also know that you know, the number of referrals to uh, Tusla, for example, has rocketed up in the last two years. And the closing of schools and the closing of, of all those services for children at that time had a significant effect on that. You know, even the north of Ireland continued its schools for children with special needs. They were closed here with an enormous effect on the ability for yeah. children for special needs to be able to... Will, will any of that be... Is it, is it your understanding? Obviously, we'll be looking into how we, we reacted to, to COVID, but is it your understanding that those types of things will be taken into consideration? What we did to schools, what we did to mental health services, the excess deaths we've had post-COVID. We, we know we didn't have excess deaths during COVID, but we have had since. Uh, are, are you uh, of understanding that we will be looking into all of those issues? Well, first of all, I called for them with the Taoiseach yesterday, and um, my understanding is that some of these issues will be looked at. But I do think that there is, there is an element of the government that's politically self-serving here, that in the run-up to a number of elections next year, that rather than have a proper investigation where we, we have a judge-led independent investigation of this, what we're going to see is an evaluation. And I tell you, anybody would rather an evaluation than an investigation any day. And, uh, you, what, and, and, and is that, is what you're basically saying is that that's not good enough. Is, is, is that the case? I, I absolutely, I don't think. I, I just think that the, the, we had thousands of people die in nursing homes. It was the ground zero of the COVID crisis. The most vulnerable were the most exposed. You know, I, I can give you loads of examples, for example, you know, where, whereby there was no staff available to nursing homes. And yes, as, as, as uh, Simon Harris had created the BNB on Call for Ireland program, where 70,000 people signed up to help. Only about 400 of those people who signed up to help actually were put to the task of helping. And, and at the same time, nursing homes were going on Facebook looking for people to come in and help them because they had so few staff, and those staff that they had had got COVID and weren't able okay. to help. So, Pat, you know, just, just with regard to what you're saying, and what you're saying is, is all entirely fair, but, but if we were to have what you're talking about, a statutory inquiry, accountability, maybe blame apportioned to potentially things that um, maybe weren't done as well as they should have been. Could that influence future behaviour so that people were afraid to act in a time of crisis for fear of, of, uh, I suppose, um, retrospective judgment on, on their actions? I understand what you're saying. I believe that people need to be able to make mistakes. I believe that anybody in the cold face of a crisis needs to be able to make mistakes because if you, if you um, prevent that from happening, what you do in effect is paralyze a decision-making process. Uh, so I do think that, need, that will, should be taken into consideration in any future investigations. But what I'm saying is here, and the government are using that we're not going to have a blame approach, but I do believe what they really mean is we're not going to have accountability. And Ireland, unfortunately, is an accountability-free zone. And accountability is a key element to actually change future behaviour. All right. Look, thank you very much for speaking to us this morning. That is Pader Tobin, AIN2 leader. Let us know what you think of 
about all of that out there this morning. 087 1400 News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR on News Talk.